The story of God's servant Job gives us a picture of the kingdom war, including the ongoing and intensifying battle between God and His servants versus Satan and His minions in these last days. The kingdom war is apparent at the outset of Job's story when we are told that God and the sons of God were meeting in that, Satan came also. Satan said that he had been going to and fro in the earth. God invited Satan to afflict Job, whom God told Satan was a perfect and upright man. The challenge was on. Satan believed that once Job's life was destroyed that he would curse God. Satan proceeded to do what he does to steal and destroy, but God just ordered that Satan could not take Job's life. The battle for souls is intense in these current end times, and Scripture is clear that God will allow His servants to be afflicted by the evil adversary much like Job was. To anyone who is awake in these current end times, this same observation Job made in his ancient day applies today, that is, the earth is given into the hands of the wicked. In this passage, I will address the major elements of Job and his life story and how these relate with God's servants and the kingdom war in these last days. I will do so in the following sections. Job's Persona Job's Battle The Antichrist's Spirit Enemy God's Punishment on Evil Job's Deliverance and Rewards Discussion of Job's story across these topic areas is provided in separate sections below. Job's Persona Job's case is a primary example for those who challenge the notion of how a loving God could allow evil to come onto an otherwise righteous servant of his own creation. After all, Job had been a king and ruler who we are told was clothed in righteousness, and who, gave eyes to the blind, feet to the lame, caused the widow's heart to sing for joy, and was a father to the poor. So Job had already been a powerful ruler and fighter who was on the good side in the kingdom war. We are told that he even broke the jaws of the wicked. God referred to Job as my servant. It is not surprising then that Job's persona was consistent with all of those characteristics of God's ancient chosen faithful servants that I have described in recent passages on this site. A few of these attributes include that these servants were Messengers Rejected and betrayed Hidden Faithful and courageous Recipients of God's promises and rewards I have shown previously how these characteristics are typical of God's servants in these last days as well. As for Job, just like end times Jacob and David, he was observed by his friends to be an important messenger in his time. Through his words and deeds, we are told that Job had, instructed many, strengthened the weak hands, upheld him that was falling, and strengthened the feeble knees. When his troubles came upon him, however, Job found himself rejected and betrayed. Those around him, including his kin, his wife, and his friends all deserted him. Job was left alone in his spiritual battle for his soul, a battle which I describe in more detail below. The enemy's strong persecuting force that came upon Job caused him to desire to be hidden in his troubles. In fact, Solomon prophetically wrote several times that a wise and prudent man foresees trouble, a day when the wicked rise, and hides himself. On cue, in the midst of Satan's direct assault and affliction on him, Job requested of God, O oh, that thou wouldest hide me in the grave, that thou wouldest keep me secret, until thy wrath be past, that thou wouldest appoint me a set time, and remember me. Job 14:13. You will recall that King David in his war versus the Antichrist Chaldeans referred to the Lord several times as his hiding place and his refuge. Recall that end times Jacob is as an arrow that is hidden in God's quiver in the last day's kingdom war. In his day, Job was keenly aware that he was being tried by God. Job remained faithful, strong and courageous in his battle. Job remarked, The righteous also shall hold on his way, and he that hath clean hands shall be stronger and stronger. Job 17:9. He was confident that God saw his ways, and that at the end of his works, he would see his deliverance. In fact, he anticipated being in the presence of God someday. Job said. 
And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Job 19:26. Job was an early example of God's servants who were extremely blessed because they become spiritually awakened and enlightened through the affliction that God brings upon them. The Proverbs tell us that the Lord loves those whom He corrects, Prov. 3:12. and even Job's friend remarked, happy is the man that God corrects and chastens. Job's story embodies the principal scene in the following proverb, it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter, Prof. 25-2. Job, who felt like God had stripped his glory and taken his crown, persisted in his search for wisdom and understanding. Through his courageous battle, as he searched in the midst of his fear of the Lord, the clear contrast of light and darkness in the spiritual kingdom war was made manifest to him. His heavy affliction was the price of discovering this kind of wisdom, a type of knowledge that has a value that we are told in Scripture is above rubies. Although Job lamented that he had not been cut off from the presence of darkness and that sorrow was not hid from his eyes, he came to a point at which he had faith and belief that light and truth would ultimately be revealed. He pondered this as follows. He, God, bindeth the floods from overflowing, and the thing that is it bringeth he forth to light. Job 28 11. Wherefore is light given to him that is in misery, and life unto the bitter in soul? Why is light given to a man whose way is hid, and whom God hath hedged in? Job 3 20, 23. He discovereth deep things out of darkness, and bringeth out to light the shadow of death. Job 12 22. Simply put, God gave Job an even deeper understanding of the kingdom war playing out on earth, even as it was in his ancient day. This was the kind of wisdom and understanding that we are told in Scripture that kings and rulers would desire to have. Job recognized that the kind of wisdom and knowledge he gained through his travails is being that which is hid from all the eyes of the living, Job 28:21. In addition to this incredibly rare gift of wisdom, Job was rewarded even more so. I will address the rewards as they were given to him by God in the last section of this passage. Job's Battle Job's personal battle was highly representative of the last day's spiritual kingdom war of good versus evil. This manifested as a battle for Job's spirit, conscience and his soul. Keep in mind, Job had already lost his family and his possessions while the enemy continued to pursue. Satan's goal was to get Job to curse God. Of course, Job never charged God foolishly, but he did wrestle with God as we have seen other servants do. Although Satan and his evil tactics, described further below, were Job's direct enemy, Job realized that God was ultimately in control and had allowed the adversary, i.e. God's troops, to come upon him and hunt him like a lion. Recall from my prior passages that God frequently uses the Antichrist Chaldeans as his tool of correction or punishment against his people. The following scriptures show Job's awareness that it was God's wrath that was upon him. Know now that God hath overthrown me, and hath compassed me with his net. Job 19:6. God hath delivered me to the ungodly, and turned me over into the hands of the wicked. I was at ease, but he hath broken me asunder, he hath also taken me by my neck, and shaken me to pieces, and set me up for his mark. His archers compass me round about, he cleaveth my reins asunder, and doth not spare, he poureth out my gall upon the ground. Job 16 11-13. For it increaseth. Thou, God, huntest me as a fierce lion, and again thou showest thyself marvellous upon me. Job 10:16. Compounding Job's anguish was that God hid his face and departed from him. Job remarked about God, Oh that I knew where I might find him. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him, Job 23-3,8. Similarly, in the turmoil of the last day's kingdom war, God will hide his face again. Specifically, we are told in the book of Isaiah that God will hide his face from the house of Jacob. 
The house of Jacob and the house of Israel at large will seek him earnestly as the kingdom war intensifies and they come to a realization that they are the primary enemy. Here, you may remember that the prophet Jeremiah was bewildered in his affliction and felt that God had hidden and that he had been left alone. He said that the Lord had, removed my soul far off from peace, Lamb 3:18. Jeremiah asked for God to return, saying, O Lord, Thou knowest, remember me, and visit me, Jer 15 15. Jeremiah wrestled with God in his affliction and lamented that he had become a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole earth, and said, Cursed be the day wherein I was born. I have explained previously how Jeremiah was a type of end times Jacob who we know is despised and becomes as a guilt offering who is crushed for the iniquities of his people. Meanwhile, similarly, here is how Job referred to the anguish of his own soul in his day. And now my soul is poured out upon me, the days of affliction have taken hold upon me. Job 30:16. Let the day perish wherein I was born, and the night in which it was said, There is a man child conceived. Let that day be darkness, let not God regard it from above, neither let the light shine upon it. Job 3 3-4. Recall how the Antichrist spirit enemy calls evil good and good evil, especially in these last days. I will address the Antichrist spirit tactics in more detail in the section below. Meanwhile, Job's own battle was against Satan's minions and their false accusations. He noted that his brothers had dealt with him deceitfully, and that his friends had dug a pit for him. Referring to his evil adversaries people who he used to reign over, he lamented that he had become their song and byword. Job maintained that God had taken away his justice. Since he was righteous, he appealed his cause according to his sense of moral and civil law. This can be seen in his wishes about how his words had been recorded as well as how he wished his adversary had written a book. It was clear that Job wished to transparently address any complaint against him. He asked, How many are mine iniquities and sins? Make me to know my transgression and my sin, Job 13:23. Job recognized how his evil enemy hid and accused from the darkness. Meanwhile, he remained confident that his righteousness was recognized by God, and that he would ultimately prevail. This is reflected in Job's comments as follows. But he knoweth the way that I take, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps, his way have I kept, and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Job 23 10-12. Behold now, I have ordered my cause, I know that I shall be justified. Job 13 18. Job maintained in scripture that if he was found to have done iniquity, then he would do no more. Job had a very good and early understanding of the concept of God's grace, and of Jesus' command to go and sin no more, unlike his antichrist spirit accusers. In many ways, Job's case is similar to end times Jacob's case. Jacob stands in the midst of the kingdom war in the last days and asks, Who then will bring charges against me? Let us face each other. Who is my accuser? Let him confront me. Is 50-8. The Antichrist Enemy and Its Tactics Job's own words and labels for his enemies included, the ungodly, the wicked, the crafty, the hypocrite, the oppressor, etc. He observed how they represented everything that he had fought against as a righteous king. He referred to them further as murderers, robbers, and adulterers, as well as oppressors of the needy, fatherless and the widow. Job's adversary was Satan's army of hypocritical accusers. Even after Job lost his family and his possessions, the adversary vigorously pursued. Virtually anyone who chooses to follow God with faith like Job will find themselves afflicted, especially in these last days. The evil enemy always tries the same tactics, he watches, schemes, sets up, and then accuses, mocks, etc. The enemy then attempts to capture his prey so that he can control them and hold them in bondage to their words or transgressions. 
This is exactly the same enemy and same kind of tactics that have been used against God's servants throughout time and thousands of years following Job, ongoing and culminating in today's end-time spiritual kingdom war. The enemy's tactics as they applied to Job. I will show how Job described each of these enemies' tactics related to his own situation as follows. His observations about his enemy show that he was clearly awake in the kingdom war. First, here is what he said about his enemies watching and listening. For now thou numberest my steps, dost thou not watch over my sin? Job 14:16. Next, Job called out his enemy's hypocrisy. They accuse others when they are guilty themselves. Job asked his friends to consider their own projection tactics and why they accused him. Job said, the root of the matter could be found in them, Job 19:28. About his hypocritical enemies at large, he said. They have gaped upon me with their mouth, they have smitten me upon the cheek reproachfully, they have gathered themselves together against me. Job 16:10. For thou writest bitter things against me, and makest me to possess the iniquities of my youth. Job 13:26. Along these lines, we know that the devil's children also enjoy mocking and scoffing at God's people. They are a mean, vicious and cruel people and they are rampant in large numbers even in the U.S. today. Here is what Job observed in his day. Are there not mockers with me? And doth not mine I continue in their provocation? Job 17:2. I am as one mocked of his neighbor, who calleth upon God, and he answereth him, The just upright man is laughed to scorn. 12-4. Job also addressed his enemy's scheming tactics. He pointed to the very same methods that King David lamented about in his Psalms. Similarly, both end times Jacob and the daughter of Zion experience a planned ambush and persecution at the hands of the Antichrist Chaldeans and are both wounded by what God refers to as this cruel enemy. Job complained about this same evil adversary in his time as follows. They conceive mischief, and bring forth vanity, and their belly prepareth deceit. Job 15:35. Behold, I know your thoughts, and the devices which ye wrongfully imagine against me. Job 21:27. Finally, Job commented about the bondage that he was in that was related to his enemy accuser's constant tracking and watching him, and then subsequently holding over his head any transgressions. Job said, Thou puttest my feet also in the stocks, and lookest narrowly unto all my paths, thou settest a print upon the heels of my feet. Job 13:27. In the last day spiritual kingdom war, Jacob is surrounded and held in bonds by this same Antichrist called the an enemy. Scripture says that his habitation is devoured and his dwelling place is laid waste. It is clear in Scripture that both he and the daughter of Zion, after being made desolate, are watched, mocked, scoffed at, and schemed against by the Antichrist Chaldeans in Babylon U.S. God's Punishment on Evil Job frequently spoke about the impending demise of his enemies in a bigger picture sense, including what appears to be prophecy about God's punishment that will come upon them in these last days. In fact, the kind of punishment Job described is exactly that which will soon befall the evil adversary in our day. First, given the spiritual and silent nature of this war, God will turn the enemy's own tactics and warfare against themselves. I have described this on this site previously. This is a battle that is fought supernaturally, with God involved directly, who is again discovering the deep things out of the darkness, Job 12:28. Job confidently prophesied, the heaven shall reveal his, the enemy's, iniquity, and the earth shall rise up against him. Job 20:27. Here are some additional words of Job's friends from his ancient day that will apply again in these current last days. He disappointed the devices of the crafty, so that their hands cannot perform their enterprise. He taketh the wise in their own craftiness, and the counsel of the froward is carried headlong. Job 5:12 to 13 For he is cast into a net by his own feet, 
and he walketh upon a snare. The jinn shall take him by the heel, and the robber shall prevail against him. The snare is laid for him in the ground, and a trap for him in the way. Terror shall make him afraid on every side, and shall drive him to his feet. Job 18 8-11. The outcome of God entering this war and turning the enemy's schemes against himself will culminate in the revealing of the mystery of iniquity and of bringing darkness into the light. This mystery that was once only privy to God's chosen wise servants will be revealed to people across the world in the last days. Punishment on corrupt leaders. World rulers have long benefited from this vast antichrist system to sustain their power and influence and to continue their oppressive practices. These are the ones who we are told in the book of Job trust in vanity and reside in tabernacles of bribery. They falsely believe that they are protected and that what they do in darkness will not be uncovered or be seen by God. These rulers are those whom we are told God has hid their heart from understanding, Job 17:4. At least in part, Job's and his friends' words in their time will serve as prophecy about how leaders serving an antichrist spirit will be revealed and punished. He loseth the bond of kings, and girdeth their loins with a girdle. He leadeth princes away spoiled, and overthroweth the mighty. He removeth away the speech of the trusty, and taketh away the understanding of the aged. He poureth contempt upon princes, and weakeneth the strength of the mighty. Job 12:18-21. He divideth the sea with his power, and by his understanding he smiteth through the proud. Job 26:12. In a moment shall they die, and the people shall be troubled at midnight, and pass away, and the mighty shall be taken away without hand. He shall break in pieces mighty men without number, and set others in their stead. Job 34 20, 24. This is exactly what we see will take place in these end times. The quiet, evil Antichrist spirit has grown very powerful over time and its minions control the world in these last days. When its global system's sinister nature and underpinnings are revealed, entire nations will be affected and oppressed citizens of the world will rise up against the collective police state. Through war and internal strife, God will bring down nations. This is prophesied in the book of Job. For example, we are told. He increaseth the nations, and destroyeth them, he enlargeth the nations, and straighteneth them again. Job 12:23. The end result for tyrannical, corrupt, rich and powerful rulers is clear in prophetic scripture. The scriptures about these rulers in the book of Job that follow certainly appear to have similar prophetic meaning in their context, likely including application for these end times. It shall be accomplished before his time, and his branch shall not be green. He shall shake off his unripe grape as the vine, and shall cast off his flower as the olive. For the congregation of hypocrites shall be desolate, and fire shall consume the tabernacles of bribery. John 15:32-34. When he is about to fill his belly, God shall cast the fury of his wrath upon him, and shall rain it upon him while he is eating. He shall flee from the iron weapon, and the bow of steel shall strike him through. It is drawn, and cometh out of the body, yea, the glittering sword cometh out of his gall, terrors are upon him. Job 20:24. One of Job's friends, C.H. 36. Observe that these corrupt kings who are bound in their own chains and are beholden in their own cords of affliction will be shown their own transgressions and defiance by God. This will happen in the last days as a result of the Jacob army's battle versus the Antichrist Chaldean kingdom. Job's persona as a leader of God's end times army to defeat evil. I have shown how Babylon U.S. and the country of Israel's leaders are going to be confounded and astonished when they see the true scale and nature of the kind of iniquity that they themselves have been a part of. I have written prior about the tremendous power, weapons and protection that God equips the righteous Jacob army with in order to fight in their unconventional war against the Antichrist Chaldean Kingdom and its leaders. Due to this power, 
The small Jacob army becomes responsible for the demise of kings and even the destruction of nations in the last days. Meanwhile, in his story, Job's own prophetic persona develops into a type of member, perhaps a type of leader, of the last days Jacob army at the time when God revisits him. After God tells Job to gird up thy loins like a man, he charges Job as follows. Deck thyself now with majesty and excellency. Job 40:10 Cast abroad the rage of thy wrath, and behold every one that is proud, and abase him, Job 40:11 Tread down the wicked in their place, Job 40:12 Hide them the proud and wicked, and the dust together, and bind their faces in secret, Job 40:13. These are God's instructions to his servant that have an end times application. God is in control. Much of the book of Job as we know speaks about the issue of God's sovereignty and power. There is no question that God is in control of the spiritual kingdom war that rages in these last days, and that He will orchestrate events in the last days. Job-like figures and other righteous servants will win their own battles, be delivered from their oppressors, receive justice, and communicate their message of salvation through Jesus Christ to Jews and Gentiles all over the world. Job's Deliverance and Rewards Job's own personal deliverance was a microcosm and foreshadowing of the entire kingdom's deliverance by God out of its bondage. This is the bondage spoken of by the Apostle Paul who remarked, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God, Ram 8:21. This result for Job, personally, was seen preliminarily in the section above. That is, the humble will be exalted and the proud will be put down. God accomplishes this because we are told that He preserves not the wicked and He gives justice to the oppressed. Even one of Job's friends acknowledged that God protects the poor so that hypocrites reign not. We are told in Scripture. God, sets up on high those that be low, that those which mourn may be exalted to safety, but He saveth the poor from the sword, from their mouth, and from the hand of the mighty. Job 5:11,15. As for Job himself, he remained confident in his righteousness. Here again, with Job and his story, we see a strong positive correlation between faith and righteousness. Job found wisdom such as that which King Solomon wrote about in his Proverbs, saying to the righteous, Discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, Prov 2:11, as well as, the righteousness of the upright shall deliver them. Prov 11-6. King Solomon's Proverbs also advised such a righteous servant to wait on God's deliverance. We are told that, as he who keeps the fig tree, the one who waits on his master shall be honored, Prov 27:18. Another of Solomon's Proverbs says, Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord, and he shall save thee, Prov 20:22. Recall how God's end-times servants will wait in eager anticipation for their deliverance. God tells end-times Jacob, In an acceptable time have I heard thee. Job himself demonstrated this kind of patience in waiting as well, and said, If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait, till my change come. Job 14 14 For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Job 19:25. During the time that Job waited for God's deliverance, he had several conversations with his friends. Although his friends were adversarial and misguided in some respects, and were later scorned by God, they occasionally offered Job some encouragement. One promised Job that those who hated him would eventually be ashamed. Another confidently promised of Job's deliverance as follows. He shall deliver thee in six troubles, yea, in seven there shall no evil touch thee. In famine he shall redeem thee from death, and in war from the power of the sword. Job 5:19-20 In famine he shall redeem thee from death and in war from the power of the sword thou shalt be hid from the scourge of the tongue neither shalt thou be afraid of destruction when it cometh Job 5:20-21 20 
this set of scriptures is highly representative, if not prophetic, for these last days when the spiritual war becomes apparent worldwide. Recall that it is end times Jacob and his remnant who are delivered from this theater of war in these last days, and who God will deliver from the scornful enemy because they will be found to be righteous. Due to their righteousness, they will be led by God's hand through the time of famine and destruction in the tribulation period and will dwell in a place of safety. Job's Inheritance The end result of Job's story was that he received his inheritance, and was blessed by God. In a picture of God's kingdom inheritance through Job, we are told Job's inheritance continued with his children. Job found the very difficult narrow path, the one that leads to true wisdom and understanding, and he received God's tremendous grace. Just as King Solomon was rewarded by God because he asked for the gift of wisdom, so was Job rewarded. Job received twice as much as he had before, reminding us of the scripture where Jesus said much is required of the one to whom much is given, as well as Jesus' words as to the one who has, more will be given. Job received that which had been previously promised and prophesied for him as follows. And thou shalt know that thy tabernacle shall be in peace, and thou shalt visit thy habitation, and shalt not sin. Thou shalt know also that thy seed shall be great, and thine offspring as the grass of the earth. Job 5 24-25. And thou shalt be secure, because there is hope, yea, thou shalt dig about thee, and thou shalt take thy rest in safety. Job 11:18. Job's kin and his friends eventually returned to comfort him about all of the evil that came upon him. Presumably, this was after they had been enlightened as to the truth. Similarly, the last day's house of Israel, both Ephraim and Judah combined, will come back together once they are all awake as to their evil adversary and they will seek their Messiah, Jesus Christ. God's Last Day's Inheritance for the Kingdom Recently, I wrote about the prophecy of the parable of the mustard seed, tree. This appears to be a last day's tree that grows out of the remaining remnant of God's holy seed. Birds that flock to this tree represent the gathering of God's last day's children including Jacob and the small flock remnant who will proceed into the millennial kingdom under Jesus' reign. I propose that it is Jesus who is the one who plants and whose Holy Spirit remains as its root. Consider the following words of Job as possible ancient prophetic scripture about this same mustard seed tree that Jesus spoke about in his parable. He is green before the sun, and his branch shooteth forth in his garden. His roots are wrapped about the heap, and seeth the place of stones. If he destroy him from his place, then it shall deny him, saying, I have not seen thee. Behold, this is the joy of his way, and out of the earth shall others grow. Behold, God will not cast away a perfect man, neither will he help the evil doers. Job 8:16-20. For there is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stock thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud, and bring forth boughs like a plant. Job 14:7-9. God's inheritance children who spiritually sprout again will see peace at the coming of his kingdom. More of this kingdom inheritance picture is seen through Job's life as a proxy, such as when his friend prophesied that Job's tabernacle would be in peace and that the beasts of the field would be at peace with him. This will be the case for restored end times Jacob and his remnant in the midst of a world full of turmoil. Tilda. Of course, books of Job and the Proverbs are those that outline wisdom and understanding. We are told that wisdom, in a brief summary, is to fear the Lord and to depart from that which is evil. This sounds simple and easy, but in the last days it will take great wisdom to see through the thick cloud of deception. It will also take tremendous faith such as that of Job to refrain from the enemy's attacks and trust that God will deliver. Grace and Peace Lion's Lair